want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. The tourists come over to chill on the beach. But they don't come over the hill where we sleep. We got nightmares and they got fantasies. No sanity, it's just insanity. My mommy hoping nothing happens to me. All right, so you know what it is. It's a, another episode of Aaron Cole. You know, today we have, well, we have a returning guest, Miss Coleman to the left of me. Say hello, Miss Carsony. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. I feel like since Miss Coleman was here on here last, I've been working on this. Um, episode we have mr solo please introduce yourself sir that's me solo to the google to the google to the google, to the google. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so you know um i've been a long time i would say fine admirer just like you know for when i guess coming across yeah music you would say you start going viral like around 2016 or so yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so from hearing that, and then coming back home, moving back home in 2017, they keep on hearing these parts. I'm like, who oh, this way is? And, you know, mm. and then it's like, oh, this solo, I was like, I gotta, let me put my phone, I gotta meet who this is. And then we've been like, you know, back and forth conversation over yeah, the last yeah. two or three years. But gl- glad to finally have you on yeah, Everything it's Cool. A pleasure. So, on everything cool, we like to start off with something special. Mm-hmm. Oh, before I get into the baby word and phrase today, I got a shout out. Um, today is a sponsor of this part. We're at Coffee Tea Coffee and Tea House here on Farrington Road, right next to the South House on the right. And maybe, yeah, that's still be on the right if you, no matter how you're driving on the road. Um, this is the second podcast they sponsored, but we are actually here on location today. So shout out to them. And, you know, come on by, you know, half coffee, bean, half tea, leaf. Yeah. So on this show, um, we like to have a Bayman word, phrase, or saying of the day. And today, Miss Kalma yes. has a Bahamian word, phrase, or saying of the day. Okay, so the Bahamian word or phrase for the day You is... see how confident she just went into that? <laughs> <laughs> Is ghost move. Oh, so, go. yes. <laughs> ghost move. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I know, like, it has two meanings for me. Yeah, okay. Okay, so uh, everybody knows sweetheart, and that has something to do with it. But if I say I'm going on a ghost move, I don't want nobody to know where I'm going. Cool. Don't ask me no questions. I'll be back. I'm telling you I'll be back in 30 minutes or an hour. I'll be back in 30 minutes or an hour. Don't ask me no <laughs> questions. Don't call me. I'll be back. So, what do you think? What's it for you? Ghost move? Mm-hmm. I go on ghost move, like, you know, I go on a secret mission. Mm. <laughs> like, That's nobody but... And it ain't, it ain't about to be, like, no one hour, two hour type of thing. It might be a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then I reappear. Mm. But, you know, that's my definition. And then, you know, I, I instantly think about that song. Um, With R.B. Yeah. Ghost move. Hey, you go, my Sally. It's actually both. 
It's yeah. actually bowl is a getaway, uh, escape, and then for some, a little cheating move, <laughs> of course. But that's the basis of it. Mm-hmm. So it could be it could be both. It is both actually. Mm-hmm. It is both. Yeah. So since our last episode, um, there's been. Here in the Bahamas, we have experienced like one of our uh, most devastating hurricane systems in the last 100 years. Um, Two of our 12 major family islands have been heavily impacted and there's been great travesty in which, you know, it has affected, you know, not only us here locally, but the global community as a whole. And, you know, um, just... You know, from afar, seeing those images coming across the screen where people losing just everything. And then, you know, I remember um, listening to Rodney Monka like earlier this week. He just was in tears. He was like, he never thought it would be a day where Bahamians are actually refugees. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that, that hit home because it's like, you know, you see these things happen all this different place, but you never think it would happen to you. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's your initial reactions to Hurricane Dorian and the aftermath and things of that nature? Um, like you said, it, it's like you see it happen to other places, but you don't think that it would happen to us. Mm-hmm. So it was very sad. It's I still feel like it's a, I'm in a disbelief. I still can't yeah, believe I think that's, that that's, that's, that's the general general. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. So interacting with more people hearing their stories it becomes more real but i still feel like i'm in disbelief about it yeah what do you think so of course it was a, a serious tragedy you know a lot of people lost their lives yeah uh, basically the whole town mashup uh like she say a lot of people in disbelief because you can't believe that a hurricane of that magnitude, you know, coming with so much destruction. Now we went through a few category four and fives before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one here. This was a little bit. This different. almost is like it's surreal and at yeah. the same time, it don't seem like it was a real hurricane. Yeah. You know what I mean? It don't seem like it was natural, in other yeah. words. Yeah. Because we do know. That they could chill the weather too. You mean with hot? Ah, yeah. <laughs> so the so, could be manipulated. Yeah, so yeah. No, like it feel like I keep on telling people it feel like a movie. Even like when I was at the passport office this morning and meeting some of the evacuees, they just you know you could feel the trauma on them, but they just like mm-hmm. like you know they carrying on like it's a regular day. But I was like, yo, like you know you can't understand. And then for me. Like us here in Providence, I keep on telling people if that did come here, we would have been gone. We would have been it was it wouldn't have been no more Bahamas. We like for real. We couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. And then just you know, having that survivor's remorse, it's like, wait. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I wish I could do more. I wish this didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't think this would happen to people. And then, you know, you have family and friends living in Abaco, living in Grand Bahama. And you just feel for them because it's like you can't give them like, you know, I, of course, we can rebuild, but you can't give back life. No, like no. you can't you can never get that back. So it's like 
Yeah. Like you don't like you don't know you want to suffer, but you know you can't. You don't have that type of power. So it's like you know you only get um. No, give it to the Most High. Like how I found solace with it all. You know, with you know donating your time. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you feel you know anywhere survivors or more, you know, go volunteer, go donate. You know. Um, a lot of different organizations are still looking for different donations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I donated like a whole suitcase full of food. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, to, you know, I spent a whole day at NPCC last week, Friday. Like, you know, just volunteering, you know, doing your part. But like, I remember I went to church on Sunday and um, the, the pastor who was preaching at the time said something very interesting. He was like, you know, even though like you may you may not want to see it like that. Like those people who lost their lives almost sacrifices for me and you, mm-hmm. and they commemorate their memory. We gotta live life to the fullest, mm-hmm. and you know, if you are, I must we gotta live for them. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's they, a trade off. Yeah. So like you know, they ain't get to make it, so you gotta make it for them. So it's like you know, like that. That's even me as a you know entrepreneur. It's like you know, it ain't it's. Life is bigger than me. I always felt life was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, even to that, too, it's like, you know, um, we just got to live for them or uh, whatever. What, 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 what y'all think? I I agree with what she's saying because, like you said, it could have been us. Yeah. So yeah. what are you going to do with your life now? Live it to the fullest. Just don't wallow and say, oh, this happened, this happened and do nothing, then somebody else could have been doing something else with their life. So make yeah. the best out of what you, what you have. It's not gonna be easy for the survivors, but just take one day at a time and do the best for what you have. Yeah, do one day at a time. That's all you one could day. do. Yeah, that's all you could do. Yeah, I think the only, the, the best way, I mean, giving food, giving clothes is one thing, mm-hmm. but contributing the compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And contributing your time is more valuable at this time yeah. for those who survive. Yeah. Because they more thinking about what they lost and whom they lost. And right within that space, it could be a, a, a area where they have depression. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of people psychologically, they still true. in disbelief and they still shock still traumatized but you know when you when someone in that position it is best that you give them time to mourn time to you know cry Mm -hmm. just be a shoulder i think a lot of people just need a shoulder to just release you know what i mean and for you to just come for them and let them know that somebody here you know what's they going through this this difficult time yeah of course like so I often think um you know just like you say being a shoulder to cry on um you know and just trying to impart hope right. it's like over oh, hope identity is all we got that that's that's the only thing that keeps us alive you're hoping for tomorrow you're hoping that hoping you know when you come home like you go out you make a living for yourself and you come home and you can spend it to hit the the rest of your time with those who you love. So, like, you know, just imparting hope. But um, I know another topic what came up with, you know, I was discussing with some of my colleagues is the whole rebuilding process. Like, how do you, like, what do you, 
what would you what you think is the first steps you go from like you know because oftentimes i this always reminds me of katrina mm-hmm. and everybody like we're in 04 when katrina happened 0405 probably somewhere ahead. yeah so people was like oh save katrina da, 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 da. you know people was you know displaced all through the states or whatever and you know it was hype for the first like one or two months mm-hmm. and then slowly that you know yeah. the media media cycle went down but those mm-hmm. people are still <clears throat> suffering and i think some people are noticing it now that the tension is sort of starting to wean so and then you know it gonna come a time six months later these people still can't catch themselves the food didn't run out people on to the next thing the donation yeah, yeah. stop so what you what y'all think is the first steps in um people actually rebuilding do you think we um some people think we shouldn't rebuild on Abaco because um this catastrophe could happen again and you know it has how global change like climate change is happening you know it's all the right elements for it to happen again mm-hmm. so like what y'all think you know should we rebuild Abaco should we you know, some like uh, other people say we should build like Hurricane Bunkers and Andres. Like, what, what, what you think about what's your rebuilding process? I think we should rebuild. Uh, you can't say you can't rebuild or right. don't want to rebuild because mm-hmm. whatever shift and then they go to Eluja. Yeah. Then you're going to build Eluja. Then whatever shift another year and they'll go Andres. Then you're going to build Andres. Yeah. Then they can leave all these islands and empty. Yeah. 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 You know. I think the first step when it comes to the donations, the monetary donations, mm-hmm. we need proper structured hurricane tornado proof mm-hmm. hurricane shelters. Yeah. That should be the first building or buildings to be erected before anything else built. Mm-hmm. I think they need to start with that first and then they can get back to building uh, or rebuilding like houses and well the house is more personal so yeah. they could build at any time yeah but i mean from the government aspect of it mm-hmm. that's what they need to create and they need to change the engineering of the homes so that they could be able to withstand the hurricanes that you know will be coming in the near future because they may come stronger yeah and they they come weaker. Mm-hmm. Right. That's already off the radar. So yeah. them cars that we saw flip outside up. and that was tornado would take place and all of the trailers and stuff would just flip over, look like toys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have the structure of uh, we if we look at it right now, we have no hurricane shelters. We never had none. We yeah. have designated buildings. Yeah. That offer themselves as hurricane shelters, and even some of their building codes have been compromised. Right, because like what someone was mentioning is okay, you designating this church or this school, the church or the yeah. school, the contracted, then you know, skip out on certain steps. Yeah, so you like something, it up, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's still ain't fully structured. So when the hurricane do come, no old shelter, you're oh. compromised and gone, roof yeah. gone, everything gone. You know, so I think engineering. Having a new structured uh, hurricane shelter designed, specially designed mm-hmm. for hurricane and tornadoes. And it has to be built. All right, the, the King Tide Surge 
was somewhere between 50 and 25 foot. Mm -hmm. So the foundation of, of this building has to be at least 15 foot off the ground. You got to be getting up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not low. And, and you ain't considering tide when it comes. It mightn't, mm -hmm. it might, you might, you might say that, all right, this high enough because the raining ain't come this far. Mm -hmm. But what if the tide reach? Yeah. If the if the surge reach, it can come high up. Because in Freeport it was high. Higher than this building. Yeah. Habaco too. Yeah. You know, people is in the ceiling. So that'll yeah. show you that water was in plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and that's let's think about the shelters that they had for Hurricane. They was on the water too. Yeah. Because there was them old church, <laughs> them <laughs> old building. building. You know. You know what I mean? So I think that's the first that's the first construction that would need to take place. But what do you think about, some people would say, hey, we have these forts. These fort? Yeah, like you build up. I was thinking about the fort though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you have these forts. If they're on the hill. Yeah, you find, okay, like you find, not just even in just Nassau, but throughout the islands, you find these hills where you can wreck these compounds big like that, because these forts have been around to over, Two, three, four hundred years. Yeah. Where they had every storm, you know, they are They don't move. They don't move. That's yeah. the thing. They don't move. And the so, way they build them. Now they they engineer them for anything. Yeah. <laughs> they engineer them for war. I'm so, telling you, so, so they ain't moving. So like, you know, what if the well, um, you know, governments to come think about, hey, let's go make more forts or facilities mm -hmm. structured like that in strategic areas to where, you know, Okay, like, you know, um, if you have plot space, like, you know, on top of, like, garden hills, for, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that um, is a property up there what you know, they had for, like, two million or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you take strategic areas like that, and not just turn, them into, turn into them to compounds, because it's like, wait, don't even, like, even you can even revitalize the forts in a way. Because, like, yeah, they might be strong, but, you know, some of them compromise a little bit. That's why they keep on locking them off from the general public. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. even, like, reinforcing some of them. Right, they can reinforce them, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, reusing them or whatever. And then, you know, you have little places like, okay, like Como Hill and Cat Island or, like, yeah. you know. All certain high peaks. So, all them high peaks, like, you know, and you put in certain protocols, okay, certain things coming, all right. We got like a week or so mm -hmm. to evacuate. Boom, boom. Instead of people go here, here, here. Boom. That's a good idea. I would have, They'll have to restructure it, of course. And then yeah, you have to put it in law and then, you know, have the plan. And then I think everybody should, if you own a home, you should have at least a little dinghy and some life vests yeah, inside there. Yeah, same thing. Or whatever, because that show you this. If this hurricane didn't show you one thing, it's to show you, boy, listen. This whole mundane life we live in where everybody ain't like super fit and can't survive and can't swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, bro. <laughs> like that ain't gonna work they no need more. They to change that. They like, need out swimming classes in all schools too. Yeah, swimming classes and learning first aid and yeah. like all that stuff. Like that ain't shouldn't be specific for if you like a part of GGYA or you about yeah, to go yeah. in a defense force or police force. That's supposed to be better than you survival. Yeah. Oh, I'm a survival class. Yeah, because I remember when I was in GGYA, they had, I think, before we went on an expedition on the island, you had to take a, a, a life-saving course, like, you know, understand how to jump off the ship, how to swim to the raft, how you 
all oh, y'all got together. Like, yeah. So you should learn like certain protocols. Okay, if this flooding, with the cut it. Okay, you know you might need a window where because you know a lot of homes have burglar bars on them. Right. So you need a window where you can clear it out and then yeah. break it open or whatever. Like you know having designated uh, emergency exit points. Okay. If this reached this amount of this water high level, we need to get to this place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then um, how the government has been rebounding from it. You know, I mean, people have been criticizing Dr. Menace, but it's like, I don't think no one was ready for this. No one would have been prepared for it. No, because you didn't know it was coming. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you only, you, you, you only Korea or whatever. Like, and, and you can't get prepared if it comes with so much speed, though. Yeah. You know, but it's still a failure on the government's behalf, both. Yeah. Because, I mean, all. Yeah, all. Yeah. I don't really think it's a failure on the government's behalf. Yeah, because they don't have no, it goes right back to not having even a shelter in place. Mm-hmm. That part of it, but like the, his response, I disagree with how people, you know, blaming the government, blaming the government. No, it ain't, I wouldn't blame him. the government. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't blame the government because, like he's saying, like everybody knows. We don't. We didn't imagine something like this was going to happen. Okay. Everybody know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We thought it was just been a hurricane like normal. Yeah. Probably like down a couple house, you know, like down a couple roofs. There could be some flooding. But that major, major flooding, that surge, yeah. that's, that did plenty damage. Yeah. That, that basically killed a lot of people too because... Yeah, because plenty of people get trapped. people get trapped. Yeah. You know, so it was basically the water that did a lot of the damage. But they did warn you, though. Know, yeah, they they did tell you to evacuate. Charles Miller was right there. He said, "This water coming." Yeah, say 15, 20 foot but of water. It, yeah, yeah, actually, it was like he this said, place gone. <laughs> he said, "The mud that could be gone." He said, "Born a key that could be gone." That's so sad. gone because he knew. And you know, we have experience with the hurricanes, but with the surge too. Yeah. Knowing what the surge could do, because when the surge reach, you think you're getting two feet of water. You're getting 15 foot of water. Yeah, I think people underestimate it. Because I was talking to a friend. I feel like we was warned. Like if you okay, yeah, if you count if you got it back, right? Not even just this year, right? 2015 was what? Walk in. Walk in, mash up, crooked and Auckland. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Twenty sixteen was Machu, Machu, Mash up, Nassau, and Losa. Twenty sixteen, boom, Irma, Irma, Mash up, Ragged Eye. Twenty seventeen, we ain't had no hurricane last year. So, in the last five years, you have major all of them as fires. Either they yeah. came yeah. here as fires or they left here as fires. So, especially in twenty sixteen when Matthew came and plenty of people to the southeast had that surge problem. Should have warned you, hey. Yeah, that was light, but this could happen in different places too, though. Mm-hmm. So, but see, people like you ain't see the signs. Okay, if you keep on getting hit, okay, y'all abandoned two years later, Ragged Island still ain't built. Still ain't built, no. You see how that ma- hurricane mashed down. You yeah, think it ain't happening at the island? I think Berry Island, too, way. Eh? I ain't too sure. Either, either Berry Island or Rum Key, one of the keys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But Ragged Island still marched down. Mm-hmm. Crooked Island just starting to catch back. They got to do bad. Yeah. Long to where they, Island too. Yeah. Long Island too. Yeah. Where, where they were walking. They get my. You saw them. Where they were saying. 
Cat Island, not Cat Island, Crooked Island was inhabitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened before. Just how you saying Abaco mm-hmm. is inhabitable Abaco. now? Bingo. That happened before. So it's like, wait, we got to, if we've been constantly warned. So on the part of leadership, you can fault them for that. You can fault them for that because it's like, wait, hold on. In five years, from 2015 to now, going into 2020, you have major hurricanes decimate islands. It might not be in the same island. And the thing about it is I can see you being nonchalant and da-da-da, oh, it ain't come to Nassau. You had one hit Nassau. Yeah. And it messed up Nassau. Because when they came back, late 2016, it happened October 26th. When they came back, December 2016, Nassau did look like a war zone. People still here, still ain't even have to get their house fixed from back no, then. No. And that was three years ago. So, you know, that should tell you, wait, hey. Wake up. Wake up or whatever. This Let's could happen. Up. I feel like everybody should get their house inspected, you know, at least once a year. Make sure your roof, you know, intact. Make sure the structure intact, you know, because that's what's leading to you know, you having this massive loss to hurricane because it's like a lot of your stuff is shoddy or like the building all or you ain't really do no renovations. Or you in the low lying area. Yeah, like Pinewood. Uh, so, you know, that's why I was like, wait. And then the thing about it is it flooded when Dorian was here. Okay. It <laughs> didn't even come here. But a little bit of rain would reach you. Pinewood is down underwater. Down underwater. People can't come through streets and things yeah. like that. So it's like, wait, hold on. So you're telling me, we get this king tide. Thor ain't even come to Nassau and we have streets flooded. People saying, don't come out. Mm-hmm. So that should show you something. So we need a proper, we need plants. Because they have even countries where um, they're fearful of one day, you know, um, their island nations or states being, you know, washed over by tsunami or hurricanes. So they have even, I can't remember the island, but they bought another plot of land for their whole nation to go to mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever so just, in, it, case just in case it happened or whatever so like you know we have we had a plan for the long-term future and then also we must engage the international community and say climate change is a real thing yeah or whatever i see every year that coastline get shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and the ice melting and melting yeah so it's like you know we gotta, we gotta, you know, press for change, and that's the only way we can happen. Or else, they can be one day we gonna meet a real Atlantis. They try to make Atlantis come back to life, but, you know. <laughs> I think another thing too, we need, uh, we need not to inhabit certain parts of the island that is low lying areas. I agree with that. Unless it is totally built up, you know, to level. But even so, it could still sink. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a still possible chance we can sing, but everywhere shouldn't be no house, house, house. Homes. Yeah, because I often feel I, you know, since this has happened, I feel like do we what we were supposed to inhabit these islands? Because hurricanes been happening from the beginning of time to where mm-hmm. you know the root of the word is hurricane, which is a Taino verb that said that means you know God of the storm. Mm-hmm. So from then, so I'm like, okay, how are they prepared for this? So, okay, these men have been getting, uh, happening from the beginning of time. But I don't think every year, especially in NASA, every area, I don't think it's supposed to have all these houses on it. 
Right. Or whatever. Like, I, we keep on trying to pile into Nassau, pile into Nassau. And it's like, yo, this thing ain't no more space. Y'all are like cutting into the mangrove. I'm sorry if Bimini. That's what they did. Yeah, I'm sorry if Bimini ever get hit because that island finished because they, they seriously chopped down all the mangroves oh. just to build up their resort. So. Be my yeah, like that. It that would be really be underwater because they ain't got no like coastal protection or nothing. But you know, um, but you know, I hope for my one of my greatest goals in life is to hope that the Bahamas could become a utopia to where each island is its own state, like the U.S. states, and like you know, it'll be good. You know, twenty years from now, you'll be like, man, for the weekend, I go on down to Inagua and Inagua's bustling and booming. Or, you know, you know, I, I might not be young or whatnot. You know, the young young people, oh, I want to check this person from this. Might be going over here, yeah. like, you know, going back to Abaco for the weekend. You know, you know, island hopping and things like that. But, you know, um, but yeah, we're about to take a short commercial break. We'll be back on the next side of Everything Cool, where we're going to, you know, get into the history of solo to the google and and he got some stuff you know in the pipeline but stay tuned all right hi this is lord jalen willard your favorite zaddy from everything cool and this episode is sponsored by uh nobody now if you would like to sponsor an episode of everything cool Feel free to email us at originalpeople at gmail.com or you can slide in our DMs on Instagram at the Original People Network or on Facebook, the Original People Network. Now back to your scheduled programming. And we're back from you know cool commercial break. You know, we're gonna have I gonna put something jazzy in the middle or something. We probably put some promotional material for solo. In the middle there. So, Mr. Solo. Hey. Mr. Dill. Because I didn't even know what your first name until, like, you know, I started exploring and I was like, okay, I don't know what his real first name like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, last name is Dill. So, tell me how, you know, how you got your beginnings in music. Um, how you came up. Why the name Solo? Is it from, like, Han Solo and Star Wars? Or? <laughs> See, Han Solo. <laughs> solo, all right. The name Solo came from when I was in school. They probably from grade 10. I noticed that. I mean, I noticed that a lot of people had nicknames. Uh, I didn't really have a nickname in school. People just called me by my first name. So what I did, I uh, I got some fingernail polish. Because at the time, that's all I could use. Yeah. And then I construct solo on my bike. And, you know, walking around. People behind you. So they get hip. Everyone started calling me solo. So I said, yeah, boom. Nickname. <laughs> now the singing part, I ever got a whole tune. You know, when I was younger, my mother tried to put me in choir, but that didn't work. I mean, I did go on in the choir, but I was shy around that time. Mm-hmm. But I still, I, the, the choir director knew. And they could have sing, but I was holding back. Okay. You know what I mean? But, you know, you're young. And things say that happen. Yeah. I get into music, like, somewhere around, because uh, 
I was head. I, 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 a friend of mine invited me to BFM mm. in '97, and uh, I got introduced to like Christian Massive Landlord, Peter Ronks. Around that time, there was like the headliners in the gospel. Yeah. I mean, still headliners now. Yeah, like they legend, yeah. got legendary status. Right? They had a little age on them, little gray and thing, but yeah. around that time, they were starring, mm -hmm. you know, and I went to the church. I've been going there since, still go there now, still a gospel artist too. Mm -hmm. The thing is, singing, I didn't have it planned for me to be a singer. You know, I just end up, you know, I guess purpose, you love it. Mm -hmm. And I end up meeting landlord. Uh, through Youth Against Violence with Carlos Reed. Mm. And me and them, he asked me where he wanted to go on a trip, a trip to Jamaica, because he's going to do some recording. Mm. And that's when he invited me to, to be featured on the song, We Need Peace. Oh, you was on that song? We Need Peace. Oh. Yeah. And that was in 2004. And since then, I've been singing. Uh, first album came out in 2008. Your first album? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which was a gospel album. And, uh, and you had the dreadlocks back then, Yeah, too? I still had the dreadlocks. It was shorter. Mm. And then speed up to now, I'd say in 2016, that's when they started the social commentary songs. Mm. Like the bridge toll gone up two dollars. The people trying to take all our quarters. Yeah. The bridge toll gone up two dollars. So yeah, I think that was song. one of the first songs I heard. Yeah. And it, yeah. So that was the first song. Now, how that song came about? Yeah. A friend of mine named Vanessa Clark. She, when the bridge was going up two dollars, she was like, "Cause all this was in the WhatsApp group," and she was like, "Why well, so do you need to do a song?" But that's either you are a Christian massive or all of you. I need to do a song, but that's all right, anyhow. Let me see what I could do. So I knock it up and send it out that morning. And when I send it out that morning, it just, whoosh, this way, that way, this one called me and say, mm -hmm. hey, hey, your song, not bad. And this uh, radio host called, then one McCartney wanted to meet me on, whilst he was on the live, uh, on this live show. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard he was playing it, he came, his, his show started with my song. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you don't play music like that. Yeah. And it went viral, and that's how it started. That's how it began right there. All right. So that was the largest now, because, like, <laughs> even designing it, like, you know, because it feel, I obviously, you know, growing up in the Bahamas, like, you, especially I was in high school around that 04. 2010 period so you know yeah going to a christian school you that's all you getting for yeah, us yeah, yeah, too yeah, yeah. and you know you're going to farm fast and this and that so right you familiar i i'm sort of familiar with that era yeah or yeah. whatever um so um how did it feel to okay you've been doing music for this amount of time did you ever thought about incorporating social media to boost your artist profile before 2016 before, no, I didn't thought about it. The thing is, I was just sending them out. Uh, I was just sending them out because nobody else was basically doing it. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and 
it was more a cry of the people. A lot of the, cry, the songs. Cry, cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, but that's one of the songs. I know, but no. <laughs> listen. <laughs> one, one day last week, or well, this was like two weeks ago. It's just that it was like, like I be telling them, I've been telling them from 2017, bro. You need, I need an album. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, 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 just, I just as a I'd be like, you know, let me go through all this like songs on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, but yeah, what I feel like, like, you know, um, I think laughter is the best, like, super medicine. And then, you know, that's I think that's the origin of music. Any artist, yeah, that yeah. you you speak for the people that you're around, you speak to where you from. Um, what you experience in your neighborhood and what you see and you report it and that's how mm-hmm. people relate. So I think, you know, um, you doing that strategically, I didn't, you know, using WhatsApp specifically, like, you know, because people don't think WhatsApp is like a social media platform where it is. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, me as a marketer, looking at that, like, you know, pushing content through WhatsApp and then yeah. catching on fire and then it flow in the Instagram and Facebook. I was like, okay, that's genius. And then, you know, um, I think the bridge soul was the first one I heard. And, you know, but then after a while, it was like something would happen. And then eight hours later, you have a song on. So, like, tell me how you even used to record. Because I'm in the media industry. So, I understand going something from concept, then going to the studio, laying the vocals. And then mm-hmm. mixing and mastering the record. Yeah, you know, the full, yeah. the full scenario. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I don't know if he's doing this by himself or, mm-hmm. you know, he'll come in, lay his vocals, and then you have an engineer mixing and, and mastering. Come back, hey. yeah, yeah, like, and then you arranging it how you want. And then you're, when you were singing, you, you, you're um, using different ranges on yeah. the different songs. So you mm-hmm. have... You singing it normal, then you singing it a little bit higher, and then yeah, you know lower. Soprano, yeah. Right. So you know, like, how do you com- accomplish all of this? Mm-hmm. Where people take them probably two, three weeks to make one song. Yeah, especially singing, not rapping, is a different than you just you know lay down a sixteen over a beat and then so yeah. on. But you're actually you know doing arranging your voices, you know using your voices, like your voice. And different cadences and then putting a skit together and you're doing this in a short amount of time so how do you even like accomplish that like, yeah. what's your process uh well like you normally say with a gift mm-hmm. you can't explain it you only could present it mm-hmm. but i could try explain it uh the, the first process is feeling vibration when they say mm-hmm. vibration i mean Feeling the spirit of the moment mm. of uh, what's really going on. You know what I mean? And yeah. Sometimes, now I'd like, uh, let's say, like when when the PM tell uh, the, the, the Commodore that he had a mashing of the boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he tell them they mashing of the boats, everybody starts sending it and sending it and sending it and sending it around. So you already yeah. know that the post itself is viral. Yeah. So, and it's all about you hitting the nail on the head and working fast. Some of the songs, I so happen to, to write it. I, I haven't really written a song since I've been doing music. I haven't really sketched it out. Mm. My process is, 
if I if I if I see that this could be a song, I just look at the info that's already there. Hmm. For instance, he said he marching up the boat. Uh, so I'll go back and and, and and my thoughts and be like, all right, if you say I'm marching up the boat, so let's get to the chorus part of it. Row, row, row your boat, gently down the stream. You know, so I use certain certain melodies mm -hmm. and then the information that's there, I just use the words, switch it up so it could rhyme. Mm -hmm. But once I get the chorus, everything else goes in place. Mm. I like that. And from there, it's just a matter of me laying it down and I just program my mind that within three hours, I need to be finished. So within two hours, I probably mix in. Mm. Within that first hour, basically the background vocals are already down, the lead vocals down. And then the then I go over it a few times and listen to it and see what needs to be added. Mm. And then after that, I just finalize it. So in the finalization process, that's when you put the skit in or? It's, no, the skit has already be in at the beginning. Oh, so you just do the skit and then you yeah, start? Yeah, I do the skit first and then from the skit, then I go into the music portion of it. Okay. Yeah, because I like that the skits always is be, you know, whether you sample the actual um voice note or the yeah. actual audio or you create a scenario to where, you know, you get in the mind of the people involved in the situation. And then, you know, Yeah, it's like an intro. Yeah. Cause like no, like going back to the break up the plan part. Cause that remind me of my my boy. Like he was a part of uh, I can't remember. He described him as a panopla. I remember he had he was telling me he came back home one time. He was like, Yeah, well, I was in a plane crash. I'm like, and you still here? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he showed me the pictures with like the wing snap Ooh. or whatever. Like, you know, Let's but he was this one. Yeah, like this was this happened like 2014, 2015. And he like, I was like, yeah, he was like, you know. They had to send a box to the states uh -huh. to file a report, and he did this or that and that. That like he he's a pilot in Panama now, oh. or whatever, flying a bigger jets. Nice. But like you know, thinking about that, and then like you know, <laughs> the plane, <laughs> like you know, I'm the plane. Yeah, that even started using. I like the part where he was like, you know, but don't watch me, but watch the weather. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no, the things like that, like you know. People like little talks like that. Yeah, yeah, I try to keep a behemoth too, even though it's not a behemoth rhythm. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people, uh, they value, they mm. value listen to it because it's not like I'm trying to sound like I'm Jamaican yeah. or American. Yeah. They know that's my voice. You know? yeah. Even even like me talking right now, people who don't know me, they'll, like I had a few persons, they pick up on who I am just by me talking to them. Yeah, because you have a distinct voice, mm -hmm. and like it's like, oh, okay, I know who that is, and you is such and such, right? Yeah. So it's all about being authentic. You just be you, yeah, and that's what they try to be in the music. Just be me, and be behemoth at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we have a lot of artists who talented, but then they don't sound themselves, yeah, you know? or they don't have a distinct sound, right. you know, because they mimicking another 
artists. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a matter of you being you and people to love you for you. And I think what, um, I listen to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But for me, what makes me like it because I, I did not know how you laugh or anything. I just yeah. see the WhatsApp, I press play, I laugh, and yeah. I go, I send it out. It's relatable. Right. It's so whatever relatable. you talk about, I know what you're talking about. Right, it's relatable right, right. and I want to share it with my whole family. I want to share it with my friends. So the relatable aspect of it too, I feel like I'm in a I'm in an inside joke. Only yeah, the Hayans yeah, would yeah, know what this yeah. joke is about. So I feel a You feel included. Special. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. So what um because I hear you use, like, you know, that's why when you was, when I think you saw a post, I saw a post when you was like, you a gospel artist. I was under the assumption that you was like a Reagan scrape artist. Uh-huh. And when, you know, like a lot of your music is heavily like Reagan scrape and culture influence. Yeah. Like, Reagan, you know, Reagan scrape where it's like, you know, more comical because like, you know, that's the whole like. We can save you. Yeah, that's you, you telling the story, but mm-hmm. then the culture side, you go on these long ballads mm-hmm. where you like, you know, express an emotion. Right. So tell me about that influence, like, you know, how you like fuse those different influences into what you do. It's all a matter of the rhythm and it's all a matter of uh, what I feel in that I could put the song to, you know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. rhythms, what you listen to or what I listen to, I could hear the song in it. Some rhythms tell you, tell you what to write. Mm. If you listen clearly, it tells you where to put everything in it. And that's normally what I hear when I listen to a rhythm. That's why it is sound like it's made just for the song. Mm. Because I listen to the parts of it. Listen where I could put the intro. Listen where I could put the, the first verse or the bridge, you know. It's almost like when you're writing a paragraph or when you're writing a story, you get your intro, you get your body, you get your conclusion. So I write it in that similar way. With Rake and Scrape, the reason why I don't have I don't have a lot of songs in Rake and Scrape because there's not a lot of Rake and Scrape's rhythm available. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. I could find just about any rhythm possible online. But I can't find that much of Reagan Scrape rhythms. And I done made this plea to the, the producers, the big producers and the big artists, you know, such as Dylan and the many others. Mm. And I said, because someone in the group that we are in, they was like, oh, that ain't me, man. Oh, why are you using Reagan Scrape rhythms? So I had to put the fire on them. And mm. I say, I say, when you go online, you can't find that. Yeah. I said, and if y'all could, I, I said, I could tell you that because I already researched it. Yeah. You cannot find them. You could barely find, there might be one or two literally on YouTube, might. Mm-hmm. And I think I find about one or two, but they basically wasn't even from here. Yeah. You see, the producer wasn't from here. The ah. producer was probably like in the States and he just made a Bahama or Reagan scrape rhythm. But high quality rhythms, they ain't available. So when right. I said that, then I mean me and Dylan close, I know him. He shoot me a few of the Reagan scrapes. So the Reagan scrape that you hear, the right. rhythms and the songs. Yeah. They are his rhythms. Okay. So I was able to me and them was able to, you know, make an agreement and I was able to use them. But okay. If I had more, I would have done plenty more in Reagan scrape. Okay. So do you feel like okay, like, you know, 
where you have a long history in music because you like burst like heavily on the scene in 2016. Do you feel like you are a more newer artist or more newer? Yeah. <laughs> I think cuz I think in the context of the people they feel like you just came up but mm-hmm. then your pop story saying you been out since the late 90s. Yeah. I think I'll call Oh, you would say this your second win. I'll say this is a reinvention mm. of myself. If you look at all of the products that we see today, mm. they've been around a long time. Coca-Cola, long mm. time. Gatorade, long time. Mm. But watch what they did. They never changed the flavor. They, they changed, changed the, the package. Mm. And sometimes you have to repackage yourself in order to get a better response. That's true. You know, so I guess this part chose me because I didn't chose it. Mm. You know, uh, in, in terms of social commentary and what goes around in the country and stuff like that. And by doing it, I got reinvented as an artist because people are like, man, who you is? Where you come from? And how long you been doing this? And then they tell them that, man, I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Or I've been singing a long time. You know, and then they like shock and then they want to hear what I was doing from then to now. So it's more a reinvention of me as an artist. Okay, okay. So, um, what I wanted to ask. So, with the whole social media, because I always, like, I loved, like, you know, seeing different phenomenons and, like, studying it. Mm-hmm. So, is it just your more strategic plan to, like, you know, now, if it, and nobody, if anybody knows, or nobody knows that Solo has, an, like, two projects coming out soon? Yeah. Two projects. He, he's going to soon have dropped two projects, two new, two full-length albums. And more to come. Mm-hmm. And more to come. So, what, so are you going to use WhatsApp to promote this, like, how you promoted your, um, different songs over the last three, four years? Or, you know, what is your strategy, your whole marketing strategy, social media strategy? All right. Uh, with WhatsApp now, uh, definitely I'll be promoting on WhatsApp and Facebook and try to get a little more uh, out there with uh, Instagram. But as of now, WhatsApp weekend and yeah. the, the, the response from it is great. And people are always listening. It's like a new radio station, WhatsApp. Mm. Or, or it's like uh, an audible TV. An audible TV, I like that. Because you know. like I feel like in this age, like you know, like you, how you say the product doesn't change, but the branding changes. Mm-hmm. So I, I always feel it's important to understand, you know, people know their branding and know what works for them. So like, you know, for you, People will be like, oh, well, Facebook gives me this amount of numbers. Or YouTube gives me this amount of numbers. Or yeah, Instagram. Yeah. But for you, it's like, you know, WhatsApp because you get that instantaneous reaction to mm-hmm. it. And then you you more delivering direct to consumer. Right. So, you know, that's why I like that. And I sort of, you know, use this almost a similar formula with, you know, with everything cool. Like, you know, when I drop a new episode, instead of you having to go look for it, I just shoot you all the information. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, you go from there. And, you know, um, I feel like it's important for us, like, especially in this new age, to, like, master social media. Master, you know. Like, you know, you might not want to 
try to press all social media platforms, but you got to find one that works for you. Right. And you kid. have to find what works. Yeah. And you have to, you have to work it. Yeah. Because if it's working, you need to work it. It's just like if your car driving, you need to drive it. Because mm. if you just let it sit there, then the battery can die. You know what I mean? Mm. And then shoot, some fuses may not work anymore. Some parts may get dry rot. So whatever working, you need to work. With, uh, with social media, what I do too, I'm also a, a jingle producer. Okay. So even when I send the songs out, they are more for uh, promotion purposes. Mm. So people can know that the ones who don't know, at least, they can know that this is what I do. So some songs will be short, some songs will be long. Mm. And then with some, and I've done a lot of jingles for a lot of small businesses and big businesses. Bahamas Experience, uh, to name a few, uh, Cash and Go, uh, Kalina Insurance. So I've done a, a, a lot of them. And the reason why I get to do them is to send them the songs out. Mm. So it sparked interest. Okay, that, that's cool. You know, so once I spark the interest, then they contact me and then we get to work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So besides the putting out the albums, what's your like what's your next step? What's the next process for for you, you know, as an artist, um, as a creative, like where you wanna take this into? Well, I really feel in uh being a a full-time jingle producer. Mm. Uh, I love writing jingles. I, like, I love singing songs, writing songs. But one of the things I want to do too is uh, be able to help other creatives mm. to be more creative. Uh, and, and, I like that. And as well as those who, who are songwriters. There's a lot of people out there they start a song, but they never finish it. Mm. And some need help finishing it. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think I could provide that service to them as well. And in the future, I want to create a, a nice state-of-the-art studio, even for the youths who are coming up, that everybody don't have to be a doctor. Everyone have to be a lawyer. Or everyone don't have to be, you know, a, a mason or whatever you. If you have an inherent gift, a singing or a songwriting, you could do that and you could be that. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to stretch your gift and you have to take it further. You have to deploy it because if you look at over here, let's say you want to be a, a cartoonist. Yeah. The way you living right now, maybe I'm not. You accept what you want to be because there's no market for it. Mm. But if you look at it from a world perspective, you could be right here yeah. making money. Yeah. But you're a cartoonist. Then, yeah, but then the reach is international. Right. So yeah. your reach has to be international. You have to be to the Google. To the Google. To the Google. To the Google. Oh, so actually, that, that's that's a good word. So basically, was I always just you know when you say to the, you don't want to say to the world, you say to the Google because Google is everywhere. Yeah, Google is everywhere. Once you're on social media, you to the Google. I like so that. It's basically solo to the world. 
Solo to the world. Yeah. Or solo to the but Google. But I say Google. I spell it G O O G A L. Hey. Just copyright. So just in case. Yeah. Just in case I end up being yeah. a, a, a Grammy. Yeah. And they say, hold on now, you got some money. You got That's some Google money. Ass, you know? <laughs> so you so you are plans to like you know touring overseas? Yeah, most definitely. I have plans of doing that. Plans of traveling the world through music. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, Carson, do you have anything else to add? And I think she said she wanted you to sing a yes, note. Yes, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. BPL, I'm so tired of y'all cutting my current off and on. Someone needs to get fired. Because right now I, I ain't on your run. Paying, who paying they bill? Who paying? That's it. And that ain't no auto tone on that mic either. No auto tone. <laughs> no auto tone. So, Solo, I would like to thank you for gracing my platform. Yes, Everything cool. Everything cool. For my little yes, you yeah, Carsonic is very satisfied. She <laughs> shout out to all the you know Miss Columbus students who be watching the show. If you guys see this, just say yeah, yeah, she. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another one for the books. This is everything cool. Peace, love. Uh, we're out. Boom.